three, two, one. Welcome, listeners, back to the K Town Youth Podcast. This is the first podcast of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, have, yeah. <laughs> I have some uh, new helpers and people that want to be part of the podcast. Maybe we can go around and introduce ourselves. What's going on, guys? This is Isaiah Navalis. Um Otis approached me at the sourdough one night. You know, <laughs> had a few beers, definitely. <laughs> And he's like, hey, you know, I got this podcast and I hear you on the radio. So I'm like, hey, you know, that sounds actually fun. Uh, let's do it. I started listening to some podcasts myself. So, you know, Otis and I are here to essentially get out the word of anybody in Catch Can. I mean, we can take phone callings too, but anybody that wants to just be heard or, you know, speak their mind. Um, today with us, to our first guest, I've got my boy, Nick Wicker. Hello. And, uh, you know, what I told him, basically, it's just like he... He doesn't, you know, speak out on Facebook or go get into arguments with people on online or anything. He he keeps to himself, but he's got a very strong opinion. And so our the goal of our podcast here is to give people like Nick and yourself out there listening just kind of give yourself a voice out there so we can talk about whatever and anything. Yeah, absolutely. This is a safe space for anyone to come and talk and Yep, we could be sweet. counselors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm happy Isaiah approached me today. We were mountain biking up by Ward Creek ward creek probably mm-hmm. above austin who's mm-hmm. fishing down yeah there. so it's so nick cool, tell cool tell everyone what you've been up to what's what's going on with you oh not a whole lot been laying low kind of currently unemployed mm-hmm. but i think a lot of us are filed <laughs> yeah. for unemployment officially i'm kind of hey they're make i don't think they're really unemployed they're making yeah. so much dough yeah oh yeah i was making way, twice as much as i was at working for two jobs <laughs> on unemployment which mm-hmm. just blows my mind like how is that possible seven hundred dollars <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah, it, it was it was insane that there was a lot of people. Now that we're back to works, I would say a lot of the places have opened up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're trying to get workers back to come back to the work, the hotel that I work at. And they, they just won't come back because they're making <laughs> way more money than they, on unemployment <laughs> than actual work. I felt like after two months of unemployment, my productivity levels went down. I was like, okay, I got to get it back to work. And, yeah, you're getting uh, cabin fever. Do something with my life other than play video games with Nick. That's, and, that's all I've been doing. And, and you, too. For those of yeah, you that that's... don't know, USMC Black War <laughs> is probably the best Call of Duty player in, yeah. in Catch Game. <laughs> that's awesome. This guy, we used to go to his house back in the day, and he was just always watching South Park, but he'd let us come over and drink in his spare room yeah. and make nachos out of his mom's chips and everything. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it was a good time. But Otis, I'm telling you, he's always had over a 2.0 kill-death ratio. Yeah. So yeah. I try to keep that up. But that's what it's come to, like <laughs> – Kind of back to the overarching question of like why, you know why why do why are so many people receiving like seven hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars yeah. on unemployment where somebody could be working two three jobs yeah so right and then like you see why, why does that happen or and like then you how, see things how, like well how, does how do, like what qualifies you for unemployment you got to be actively looking for a job right yeah well they they got rid of those. Um, parameters once really? if, due to covid because there was no place to look for work so just right? anybody so, and everybody yeah yeah so originally that's how the system usually works is you have to actively look for a job put in job applications every week x amount and then uh, you so, slowly wane yourself off of unemployment right mm-hmm. um but due to covid uh that was all wiped because <laughs> there was nowhere to look for work so it's mm-hmm. they basically paid us money to screw off and not do anything and it's still extended <laughs> it's, to like july 27th or something so then what happens after the 27th um the the six hundred dollars that are kicked in from the feds go away so people will so make it'll it, be more back three it'll be like 300 something i think the maximum unemployment in alaska is like 330 um so wow. you could see people were getting the max unemployment state and 
and feds. So that's like nine hundred thirty dollars a week. That's a lot of money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my one of my buddies down south was just like, yeah, I'm just chilling at home and collecting unemployment. <laughs> and you know, you see both spec both sides of the spectrum. Sometimes people actually need it. Sometimes yeah, yeah. they don't necessarily need it. But totally. I mean, it's just like, wow, dude, this is really going on in our. I, I'm hopeful that it maybe will help some people get ahead. Um, just because they were making so much money mm-hmm. in the two months, maybe help catch up on bills and stuff. But yeah. once that runs out, they're kind of screwed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it sounds like honestly, just the world of business is just waiting for consumer confidence to drive back, back up. up. Everybody's yeah. just yeah. doesn't know what's going on. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it, like for example, in the stock market. Changing. In the stock market, people are scared. They're like, yeah. oh, you know. Everything's low right now. Everything's dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is the best time to get greedy, especially like for people like <laughs> us. Just hey, you got spare money? Yeah. Put that put that in the stock market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's the theme of this podcast. I was trying to shoot for is like a 2020. How messed up all of our lives have been and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Since well, this is the first podcast of the year, right. I I started uh, the last one I did was in I want to say like September of oh, last right. year. And people wow. don't realize like how much work it goes into having podcasts. You know, a lot of people. Will, Mm-hmm. Um, think it's like oh it's easy to talk for an hour and then just hit record and and play right. and it's there's so much more to that having lining people up and having topics and you got to know what you're talking about right and it, yeah. it, it it comes naturally eventually once you i feel like once i did like a dozen episodes it now i can do it with anybody and but it takes a certain level and drive of so the conversation doesn't get stale really right and so. i mean honestly it's I, lo- I think back on all, you know, I, I joked about it at the beginning, but, you know, yeah. we had so many conversations at yeah. out at the bars here in town because, yeah. you know, it's just, we know each other, we're, we've been mm-hmm. friends for a, a while, and it's just like, we're just having a conversation. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, our conversation today is 2020, but, you know, the next podcast could be, mm-hmm. you know, on the fishing season or, yeah. or something exactly. else, you know, and, and, and uh, that, you know, that's the Seriously. beauty of it is that we can get good guests in here, mm-hmm. like Nick, mm-hmm. just get people who just know random facts, like, yeah that's i feel like that is the best thing to learn or best way to learn person to person interaction yeah oh yeah Yeah. you need it i don't know to me it's personally a lot more meaningful than like social media yeah totally though like having a social media presence is definitely important Mm -hmm. but i yeah i don't know i we were just talking i'm I'm almost nervous to post stuff on social media so toxic right now right like (laughs) Who am I, I going to trigger? Or right, you post yeah, something right. and Riley James Gas is on. Yeah. It, he's on your ass, you know. Shout out James. Shout out to you, RG33. <laughs> I still remember when he hit that game winner up at Eagle River. Riley. But no, he's you're right. Guy, it, you I have like to him. like. It's sad that you have to tiptoe around everything. Um, mm-hmm. There's like nothing that you can say that does not trigger somebody. Right. Really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's but, it's not. Yeah. And I use this in a tender way, but it's it's fairly sensitive everyone's fairly sensitive right now and as yeah. they should be yeah you know and and i'm i'm always the one that says hey if you have an opinion on something i'm i'm here for it because you stand up for yourself you're yeah. a real person mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to tell you you're wrong as, and i would hope you would do the same and it's like social media right now is i mean one person posts one wrong thing and the next thing you know yeah and then one messed up thing about particularly facebook is you can kind of filter your feed to reinforce whatever ideas you have so you don't see anything Mm -hmm. new you just kind of reinforce your your ideas and i that's one thing i have horrible 
thing about Facebook is that that idea that you can't really branch out. I feel like some other social medias, like Instagram's not very political because it's just pictures. Right. Um, Twitter's obviously a political beast, but yeah. you there's more that you can gather on your feed than than say Facebook. For sure. Yeah. I see videos of dogs. Well, that's why honestly, exactly. honestly, that's why I love Twitter yeah, so much. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Twitter is very. It's like the. It's almost like it's the like dark the, horse of social media. No one like wants to go there because they don't understand the complexities of Twitter. Mm-hmm. But once you get into it, it's super nice. That you have music, you got sports, you got you got news, you got just funny entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so fast paced. I think I feel yeah. like like my parents aren't on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like. Right. No, no, they aren't, and. I just, you know, I think most people can't get yeah. along with that kind of, yeah. or like... It's know. very quick social media, mm-hmm. absolutely. Man, I think the subject of 2020 is just change. <laughs> Everything is changing. Things we've just week talked Week by about, week. Like the job market, yeah. you know, uh, sports. 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 Dude, media, I've, been having tru- I've been having trouble doing my sports yeah, report. You guys are, you're a big sports guy, aren't you? And that too. I mean, it, I mean, there's so many different ways you can look at it, like... The whole th- the whole thing about them gathering for a live event, yeah, you know, that's yeah. probably gonna spike up the increase. Mm-hmm. But so on that note, do you think going into the fall, a lot of these sports programs will have um, audience no audiences in the in the fall? The I think like I think as early as this fall, you'll see or half capacity maybe. Yeah, you'll see some kind of uh, variation of not having the actual f- full stadium. But I think once twenty twenty one rolls around, I think you'll start yeah. seeing. It, all it'll take is for one one league to do it. So if yeah. the, like the NBA is coming back at the end of July, which holy smokes is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But the NBA is coming back at the end of the month, and so once they come, like as soon as they come back, I guarantee baseball will be back in a month. Yeah. Do you and, think that ruins like the vibe or the environment of the game when you have no crowd? That's what I've been trying to think. Like if especially like I think like hockey or football or right. maybe not necessarily baseball. <clears throat> baseball is pretty. Well, okay. Ask <laughs> ask yourself this: Do yeah. you remember playing at Walker Field in the in the piss ass rain? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, all right. Even if I hit a home run, there's nobody here that is watching. So <laughs> and no one that cares. Right. And so yes. it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah. e- yes, it's it shouldn't affect the game at all. But it's gonna affect the game because some players. I mean, honestly, some players get hyped up from the crowd, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's just them. Definitely. But yeah. I mean, I think what you'll see at the end of this year is basically like half capacity at the most, probably. But twenty twenty one summer, there. I mean, they're already look. They already have a firm date for the Olympics on in uh, next year. So yeah. Hmm. Where we at here? What's up? <laughs> this part can be edited out. So yeah, easy. we mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the time. Honestly, I need to take a piss. We can take a piss. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, though. <laughs> Fucking everything's changing. <laughs> I was just thinking about the election coming up, too. Oh, oh that's yeah, a... Yeah. Like, I feel like ass. that's the hottest top. I feel like that's the hottest topic right now is... Okay, I'm going to be real right now. A lot of people don't want to vote for Trump. A lot of people don't want to vote for Biden. Let me tell you this. Write me in. Isaiah <laughs> Navalis. I'm ready. <laughs> no, you're right. It totally puts people in a terrible... You know, so I I'm, be I'm, I'm really into politics, right? Yeah. I'm really into politics, right. but I I avoid national politics because I think it's just so toxic, and I re- we don't really have any control over it personally. I don't think no. we do. No. Um, so I really like state and local politics. That's kind of my jam. I follow that. Right. I know the people that are in it. It's mm-hmm. because I have more influence over that as a voter. 
Um, so that's the kind of avenue I take when it comes to elections. I think it's way more healthy For sure. um, when you know the person. You can right. go talk to them. You can text them. You can message them on Facebook, and they get back to you. Um, I just feel that's a lot. It's a lot better political environment than this national craziness going on. Right, where you get all worked up about something, and then you yeah. can't even. You really can't change. Yeah, or you don't like know anybody in the process. You don't know how to like speak out. In yeah, no, it's frustrating. It should mm-hmm. be frustrating. How about uh, Joe Jorgensen, though? <laughs> like, yeah, she's going to be a dark horse candidate, right? Yeah. Sure. One of the first libertarian women to ever run. Also, um, might write in Joe Rogan. See, <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of people are doing Well, that. okay, so has there ever been a liberal president? No? No. Okay, because mm-hmm. we, we were talking about this tonight, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't no. think there's um, been. I think the world would the probably closest, flip upside down. Um, Obama? No, actually, uh, Gary Johnson in 2016 got five, six percent of the vote. That was the highest libertarians ever got. Wow. What about Ralph voters. Nader? Um, he was an independent. He ran oh. independent, but he got like thirty percent of the vote. I want to say something like that, hmm. maybe twenty something percent. He was a Trojan horse for sure. No, so yeah, I don't know. So Nick just graduated. What'd you graduate with again? A degree in marine biology. So you know we're. That's, I think that is something to talk about, too. Um, you know, going into this next next decade, you know, we, we all grew up here in Ketchikan, so you kind of see, like, the next wave of, uh, you know, kids coming back after college, mm-hmm. and, you know, you see the kids who never left, and they all worked, stayed here and worked, and how they have their own lives, and totally. it's kind of cool just to see, like, I, I enjoy running out to classmates out, out at the bars. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, it's been a while, haven't seen you, but I think that, like you were touching on, you know, just local yeah. politics yeah you know i feel like for you like a lot of your votes were were people like us. absolutely like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I i haven't voted i, I i've I was, had yeah i had a lot of first-time voters that never yeah. voted and they just came out and voted for me yeah and it it's like really because cool. super cool yeah, yeah, oh it's, it was. it's awesome because it's very humbling yeah really. oh yeah definitely but one but the, i think the most humbling thing is just the support that you see like yeah it you know, you may not have been friends in high school, but you still are getting their support. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, you're you're just like a genuine nice person. Yeah, thanks. It, you know, I had a lot of seniors in high school that were just turned 18 and went out and vote. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is um, it's that connection, awesome. right. like locally, if you know someone, you'll vote for them. You know, yeah, and you were pretty popping on Twitter that, uh, during yeah, that Yeah, I found too. social media uh, really effective in campaigning. Um, well, I think... Sure. There's definitely a... Um, getting on the campaign subject there's definitely like an art form to campaigning people think it's just like you know going out there shaking hands and kissing babies but there's a <laughs> lot of strategy i can't imagine on the national level i right. mean i did it personally on the local level right you do your newspaper you do radio ads you do your signs you get out there and you can knock doors or have right. like mm-hmm. little uh, coffee sessions and meet people but there's definitely a uh, blueprint on i wouldn't say how to win but what makes you stand out from other candidates and mm-hmm. well i d- does that does social media have a play in that oh yeah absolutely like, yeah i'm sorry i did social media ads as well like, and i think that really boosted my numbers well, well like so do you like your personal yeah. social media page like does um, that do you think that takes into effect what yeah yeah i guess you know you have clout out there right. or a lot of followers mm-hmm. um well i think that you know yeah. as for me i would I would totally just sign off of all social medias. I don't want to, you know, I don't, Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't play, I don't feed into it, you know, just like all uh-huh. the fake posts, like, oh, you know, it's me and <laughs> it's me and this fish I'm holding wrong yeah. by the gills. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> one time I saw this girl hold one by the tail. I'm like, if he was on a tender, they would not have taken that. I was going to say, we're, we all were in the yep. fishing industry. Yep. Yep. Time if he was on, on a tender, levels. they would have been like, you yeah. better eat that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a chum yeah. or a pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, there like I was saying, I would totally be off social media. But there's just such a there's such a competitive advantage to it if you use Be it correctly. On. I mean, Nick, like just looking ego, at looking at it for myself, you know, perspective mm-hmm. too. using it for, you know, your business, you know, your social life. Maybe you're promoting things for what you do for your work. Yeah. You know, using it in the right sense where you're, you know, you're trying to build a platform. I think that that's the good side to social media. I think the bad side to social media is, you know, people are like, ah, oh, I don't know if I look good enough in this picture. Yeah. Should I post it? Right. It's like. Like, hey, like, if you think you look good, post, post that. it. Dude, mm-hmm. just do it. You know, boys and girls, just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Who's to, if somebody tells you that you don't look good, just block them. Yeah. You know, like, do you. <laughs> like, I think that the best, the best thing. You in, do you, boo. Yeah. It, boo do you, boo, boo. <laughs> you know? Yeah. From the ages of, like, 14 to 30. Yeah. When you're not, before you turn 30, like, you just got to do what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel like that's just what how it should be but i think a lot of people also get you just really, get blindsided yeah you really have to fight that toxicity of social media that that what you know walking that tightrope of being like commenting negative things on every so someone's post on facebook or right. like taking self every single mm-hmm. photo in your photo gallery is a, a right. selfie right well i think very self-absorbing Sure. And you really have to fight that. Right. You really have to fight that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you got to also think of the other things that people are fighting. You know, like mm-hmm. some people air their laundry out on Facebook. It's like, well, maybe this is their diary. So, okay, yeah, I can respect it if it's in that sense. But maybe some people are using it to, you know, do something different with themselves. Like, uh, you know, kind of like a shy person in, mm-hmm. when I talk to you in person. But when I'm on social media, I'm all over it. Yeah. And the takeoff of social media, I mean... A lot of a lot of people out there probably know about OnlyFans, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. things like that. Dude, I mean, that? social media has just completely taken off where people are basically <laughs> their own brand. Think about it. No, those, for sure. Res- mad respect to those females that have OnlyFans because mm-hmm. they are their own brand. They're like, yeah, I'm branding myself. Like you know, like I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. Like I'm worth, <laughs> I'm worth something. I'm worth a dollar. Yeah. And it's like you know, I'm, I respect that. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally... You going to start one? Would, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a topic. I've never seen a lot of OnlyFans guy uh, accounts. Oh, my god! I don't know. I don't know. Is that a thing? I mean, I'm sure I it is a know. thing, but I don't know. It's some, yeah. Just some big Guido guy just like... I just imagine like Jersey Shore, like, yeah. Flexing and just oh ripping god. muscles and shit. What were we talking about before this? <laughs> Not only fans. <laughs> no, uh, just so getting back to the local thing. Um, I find when when people graduate, I think that was kind of the right. conversation train that we were mm-hmm. doing. And you come back here, right? You really have to be creative in what you do. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like if you go to school for whatever, right? And you don't, you come back here and you don't specialize in that whatever field that you're in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it. You should be ashamed of cobbling together a bunch of other random jobs and doing it. I mean, you still have passion for what you do. Um, for example, I went to school for criminal yeah. justice. I work in the court system. Not exactly what I want to do, and I work at a hotel. Right. Um, but I like it here, and you just... If you're not in, like, the trades or, like, a teacher right. or, like, in the military, the Coast Guard or anything like that, you don't fit in very well here, and so you usually have to kind of just make it work. Right, sure. and I mean... Start with yourself. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, you just got to do whatever it is you... 
I mean, for Whatever me, makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. For me, and for me, honestly, it was you know I graduated, I came back, was running the waterfront with the fam. Yeah. Next thing I know, I got a Alaska Airlines job in my lap. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I'm at the radio. Next thing I know, I got a business. You know, it's like you just <laughs> yeah. keep opening those doors. Yeah. One door mm-hmm. is gonna take you to where you want to go. I mean, I'm not. I'm by far anywhere where I actually want to be. I have very strong mm-hmm. goals in mind. I'm not there yet, but I know I'm on the right path. And you know, that's cool. all. I mean, as long as you're okay with what you're doing. Whoever is out there saying, you know, why are you working at Alaska Airlines? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not weird. I can fly wherever I want, exactly. whenever. <laughs> Wait, you know? Isaiah, when did you graduate again? From college? Yeah. Tw- uh, June 2018. 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17. 17. Mm-hmm. I finished in 19, 19. December of 19. Mm-hmm. So right before COVID hit the fucking right. shit fan. Well, yeah. now they're just basically getting... They're basically getting their degrees mailed to them now. Yeah, I did yeah. get you, mine. I didn't have a ceremony, <laughs> which I'm not. I didn't really care right, for yeah. that. Like, I, I would feel really bad for high school seniors because I think that's more of an important thing, thing than yeah. graduating from college. I know everyone's like, "Oh, college is like this big thing." I thought it was more important getting through grade school and graduating high school. It's more for your parents and grandparents. Right. Yeah. College is more for you. Graduating, oh, right. it's a self accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But graduating high school is more for your familia. I think sure. college is where Definitely. you really just. You just kind of like find what what it is that you like and don't like, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, I loved to party. I'm like, yo, let's go out every weekend, uh-huh. and it was fun, you know. But I used I I used college as a stepping stone to get an education. To I mean, you know, I got a business degree, but that doesn't mean that I have to work in business. No, no. Like mm-hmm. I well. got the job at Alaska Airlines because I had a degree, and nobody else at at the interview process mm-hmm. had it. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, if you have the piece of paper it doesn't matter you can do whatever you want it separates you from a lot of candidates right like you've got a criminal there. justice degree but yeah. you can go and be a lawyer if yeah. you wanted or mm-hmm. a doctor if yeah. you wanted yep. you know i just brought that up because like did you have like an existential crisis when you graduate like what the hell am i going to do with my life or were you were like I'm still having trying to figure out <laughs> and i think that's normal at our age you're still finding yourself that's fine but mm-hmm. i know you like fishing and yeah, um, I actually decided not to go fishing this summer. Mm-hmm. Tell us why. The first time in the last six summers. You've been yeah. fishing since like... Why? Uh, for a lot of different seven, reasons. Seven years, right? Didn't you fish junior year? Six. No, no. Just oh. It just seems right like such school. a brutal job for the amount... I mean, you could... I, I, what I don't like about it is like the job security aspect. You could make 10000 or you could make forty or 50000 You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just <laughs> that... that Varying degrees to me, it, I it, for my character, I don't I don't like that. Not you don't like the gamble. Mm-hmm. I don't like the gamble. No. I think what not it all, all boils down to, as far as you know, the how much you know money you'd make is yeah. just the work ethic of the captain mm-hmm. who's running the boat. You mm-hmm. know all that, because like definitely makes make or breaks it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I was lucky enough to work with my uncle, who's like he's he's a great fisherman. He's been doing it for decades, like thirty five plus years or so. Yeah. yeah, and like he. You know, he knows all the spots and, but like it, it definitely, if you, it, it supports you. Like yeah. it got me through college, no, got right. me through me my education, you know, paid for it. And that was great. You know, I am lucky enough. I went in state at UAS and yeah. I didn't pay, you know, or I paid in state, you know, Absolutely, obviously. Yeah. And it was just, I, it was so nice because I'm now I, I'm not, I'm debt free Def- yeah, and same. it's like yeah. great. Like I know so many people personally that are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And yeah. it's like, 
that sucks. You know, yeah. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, so you coming know, out, I was like, the same way. I went to UA and I was paying mm-hmm. half of what everyone else was in other states. And um, it was nice to come out with no debt. You, that's just one less burden that you don't have to think about when you graduate. Like, oh, I have to get this job. Mm-hmm. I have to go in this cubicle and right. I have to get this perfect life and everything. It has to be all situated to help me pay off my debts that I occurred. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it, you know, it, it never works out that way. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times people are like, I'm going to marry my childhood sweetheart yeah. or I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and that. And it's like, I would give you money if you actually followed through with that because I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that's come from small towns. Right. Like and do. that's just life. Life just kind of throws curveballs mm-hmm. at you, you know, whenever and however they mm-hmm. want to do it. But So on that note, do you think coming from a small town, we have a, a an advantage or a disadvantage when we go into the, out, the outside world, quote unquote? Um, Or just depends? Okay, well, what like in what context? Like, if I were to go down and try and open a business, or like no, uh, well, yeah, but maybe I'm thinking more like education or getting into certain programs or or whatever. Do you think being from Alaska separates you from other applicants? Well, you know, I definitely think that being from Alaska for once separates you from many and various different kinds of yeah. of applicants. I mean, you look back, we've all been in college, and you know, they're like, hey. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Ketchikan, Alaska. And they look at you like, whoa, Alaska? Whoa, what? where is that? I think that, one, it just kind of puts, just being from Alaska kind of puts like an asterisk next to your resume or next to your name. But I think that one thing that, yeah, it's definitely unique. It, it makes you stand out. But, you know, touching back on the commercial fishing, like if I were to try and go get a job down south somewhere and they were to see, oh, he had three summers of purse experience. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what is that? Like, it's kind of like a question mark slash asterisk on your resume. Like, I think it definitely, being from Alaska in general, just gives you a competitive advantage to, you know, let's, for example, say score, score a job in, yeah. in correlates to somebody that is from, you know, California. There's so many people from California. Mm-hmm. So many people. Yeah, it's like get in line next kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but then they like see Alaska and it's like, whoa. I feel like it's kind of hard to say up here because everybody's from Alaska. Yeah. You know, so you're that was the weird thing about going to like, college in Alaska. Everyone's from Alaska. And the yeah. weird kid that stood out was from a different state. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, 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 what are you going to a school in Alaska? <laughs> uh-huh. you know, that's what, what that was. There, that what was, was the best but it's like, hey, you cool. ever got? You know, welcome, welcome to Yeah, Alaska. they were just like, like they wanted to go. It was mostly an adventure. I mean, they were paying double what we were. For Jesus. Us. So. <laughs> paying double to live in Anchorage. But they paid for the experience. No. And I feel like, I mean... Unless you're going to Harvard, yeah. you're paying for the experience. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you really are. Yeah, I mean, when it boils down to it, you mm-hmm. you truly are just paying for the experience. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with the thing that, you know... Too. Yeah, that college like, is... I don't think college is a racket. It's definitely... Can, in right, our day and age, it's enough. definitely needed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But there's certain aspects that seem like a racket, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate it. Every year, I would look at my bill, and I would see all these little fees tacked on. There's so many... Like, a green fee, and a plastic fee, and a... <laughs> I mean, they're always overpriced, and, a, and an academic fee, and all these other technology fee, and it's right. like the amount Jeez. of those things that I use in college. I like, sure, I went and worked out, I go <laughs> watch games once in a while, um, but, but I just didn't justify paying, you know, fifty dollars for the semester. <laughs> well, you know, and that's that's honestly, I if I could go back and do it all over again, I honestly might have gone to just trade school. Yeah, I'm. I'm Mm-hmm. I don't know, airplane mechanic, for example. I yeah. mean, they I know they make bank at Alaska mm-hmm. Airlines. Mm-hmm. But 
all the guys that I know from our class, like Joe Barry, Sam Hansen, those guys, they went and di- they went to go be linemen for KPU. Yeah. And yeah. Joe's doing something else, but you know, they all went off and went to trade school. It's like, mm-hmm. man, that is. I wish yeah, I, I did come, that. I come from a long line of uh, trades people. I was the first person to go to college. Oh, really? Any of my line of my family. Wait, so wait. Where'd your really... dad? Where'd your dad go to trade school at? Um, he went to, uh, in Anchorage. He worked for KPU. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, your so... dad and my mom worked together. For yeah, a long exactly. Time. Yeah, and my mom did. You know, worked for the government in a, in a very office position, very still mm-hmm. trade wise. Still around them. Yeah, you don't need an education, um, mm-hmm. just experience. And but yeah, I come from a long family of just tradesmen, and it was really that's important cool. for them. For me to go to college because they realize that in this job market you pretty much need either some kind of schooling whether that's going to a that's trade where, school yeah. or going to a four-year education somewhere that's where that piece of paper really stands exactly out. Like, whether that's a certificate you do good at welding or mm-hmm. a four-year college degree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seriously experience is not usually enough now i mean there's some def- definitely you know ex- uh, situations where right. that might happen but that's not the norm i don't mm-hmm. think no, yeah, like sure. like John Burdick. Mm-hmm. He was cooking down in Washington for yeah. he many years. He just made the best burger ever. Dude, he did. 108 Tap, 108 tap yeah, House. I wasn't kidding about that. 108 Tap House. Seriously. Like it didn't fall apart. The burger stayed together perfect. the whole time. The it restaurant was, was fantastic. Was I honestly, I had been there one time before we we went the other week. And I was like, okay, I got this. I got the Bon Mi burger. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Their fries were really good. They had some really good poutine fries. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. that. But Burdick was there, and he, dude, he whipped it up. They had mm-hmm. the special burger, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, the restaurant business is, I, want, I don't want to say lucrative, but being in there, uh, you need experience, right? But, well, I mean, you definitely need experience. But there's a lot of turnover. I get that. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what. But if you're in there, it's, I mean, it's just should be hard work, and it's... Oh, I mean, it's not... Yeah per se hard work but mm. it's like a grind it's a lot of work it's a grind, it's, a grind. it's definitely a grind i mean just yeah. the amount just speaking on prep alone yeah my goodness there's yeah. a lot of oh yeah when I mean, you work for a restaurant oh yeah i ran the wa- i yeah. ran the waterfront yeah. i mean i know in and out how to run a restaurant yeah you know and i'll tell you this right now it is lucrative if you yeah. do it correctly if yeah. you don't cut corners yeah. because here in ketchikan if you cut corners they're gonna know i mean i <laughs> love okay jeremiah's love jeremiah's yes they're fries frozen yeah then you go to one way tap house. Their fries, maybe fresh, they're frozen oh, or maybe yeah. they're fresh cut. But you know, it, it and especially like in a small market like mm-hmm. Ketchikan, Ketchikan's the perfect size for a market. Yeah, it's not too small, but it's not too mm-hmm. big. It's right in the middle. Like you go yeah. to Sitka, Sitka's way too small. Yeah, but here in Ketchikan, if you hit your if you hit the market correctly mm-hmm. in Ketchikan, you know there's a lot of there they there are quite a few rich people here in Ketchikan. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. disposable income. Yes, out the ass like no yeah. problem. They will support you if you do it correctly, mm-hmm. and if that's you what find your you find your find niche. your niche yeah. and you yeah. stick to that. Mm-hmm. You don't try and go outside of the box. You yeah. don't try to you know you do what you do best, and that's what I found was the best success with the waterfront was people love my grandma, people love my food, so let's you know let's push that out to them and say mm-hmm. hey because honestly I'll tell you this right now my grandma was rolling damn near every single lumpia yeah that was being served to the public. You know, I may have, I may have thrown in a you couple. You just can't get that handcrafted. You cannot get that handcrafted from, you know, pre-made yeah. food. Mm-hmm. You got to – and that's what Ketchikan is really about. It. And, like, look at the fish house. They they yeah. process all their own fish. Yeah. I mean, why are they so big? Because their food is so good. good. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I also think atmosphere mm-hmm. definitely plays into that. Um, sure. Being on the waterfront like right. you guys had mm-hmm. and what the fish house has, ocean view – 
Um, well, all I, of them. Ocean View's been getting slammed lately. Yeah. And I, I, I always enjoy their food. I love Louisiana. I felt really guy. bad for the restaurants during the um, the shutdown and bars, too. Um, right. You know. Hey, that's why uh, that's why I started it, my business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for them. They really had to change their strategy and right. how they delivered food and drinks mm-hmm. to people. And I'm glad the government was able to work with them a little bit. And honestly, uh, so when it's I was in job market's changing, right? Yeah, it's crazy. So when I was in college, I was looking at like you know gotta, certain gotta market gotta trends and whatnot, mm-hmm. and one of the market trends was convenience in business. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking just strictly business because I'm a business major. Inconvenience, so, right? So convenience <laughs> is like pick up and to go delivery foods. You know, convenience is a taxi at whatever wherever you are. Yeah, essentially an Uber. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. In 2018, as far back as 2018, 2017, when I was still in college, that was where mm. the market and the world was trending, was yeah. trying to make things easier for people. Mm-hmm. You know, So is the curriculum, when they teach business, is it always changing because business oh, yeah. is always changing? Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Decade to decade, year to definitely. year. Definitely. I mean, like, you, you have your, you know, your ground basics. Like, I got to I gotta know how to balance a balance sheet. Yeah. I, I got to know how to do, you know, this counting thing, this kind of – it's like, mm-hmm. you got to know that there's bare minimum. There's a blueprint. Yeah, you get, there's a blueprint for sure, but it's also, it's also kind of just what you want to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I mean – at where I went to school it was a very uh, liberal college, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so ethics ethics in the business community just played a huge role. They're like, okay, you could, it, like for an example, I was I took a quiz one time. They're like, one of the questions was, if you could cut corners, for example, I'm just gonna shorten it, but if you can cut corners and make double the profit versus making only half of that profit by doing it the correct and ethical way without burning anybody, without you know, yeah. creating some kind of environmental hazard without doing anything bad, but you just make less money. It's like, well, what do you, what, what would you do? Yeah. For me, yeah. D- d- le- I, I'd be very, you know, balanced with it. Like I want to make money, but I also want to not hurt anybody or not hurt in the environment because it, you know, the environment isn't there. You know, I'm not, I'm not here without the environment, essentially. Especially in a uh, local town where your right. reputation goes a long ways. And if you cut corners and burn people, yep, that's a snowball effect. And people, people say, hey, do that. not go to this place. They, I mean, look so at So I would say that's more so than a larger city. Look like, at Heavenly Creations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could have just said, sorry, we're busy that weekend. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you hear this, but mm. that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the consumer's money goes farther than anything, really. Mm-hmm consumerism though is a bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's an evil it's a it's a necessary evil in a way i mean you can practice the minimalist Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm a minimalist i don't like things i don't have like a lot of different clothes i mean i like my things like you know some like (laughs) electronics like a computer xbox tv whatever right i think you're a minimalist but but yeah compared to other people yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i i could probably put most things in the back of my truck and head out tomorrow yeah that's good. Mm-hmm. That's actually legit. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We we're just I moving Nick Wick out. Yeah. I know. I just moved from Juno. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize how much <laughs> shit I had. <laughs> yeah. I had yeah, a lot. honestly, it was you weren't it wasn't that bad, Nick. I thought I had a lot of stuff, and then I saw you. I'm like, okay, we're about even. Because I, I'm, I was like Nick, eh, yeah, kind of a lot, but I also make sense. You know, you want to hold on to, like, he had an old school Wii. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you right now. I just started, you know, collecting things like pairs of Jordans, pairs of Nikes. Yeah. Dude, if you have a primo condition Wii, hold that. Give it to your grandkid. Give it to your grandkid. That'll be worth 
three times whatever you paid for it. Yeah. You know, and that and that's the and that's the damn truth. Yeah, I have a uh, a Sega Dreamcast from oh. like 1990 something. It still run? Yeah, it still runs like Jesus, a charm. Jesus, just I have original Xbox. Shrink wrap that up with some uh, saran wrap, dude. Leave, leave that in a box. Yeah. No dust in, no <laughs> dust out. Whatever it's in, whatever's in there is in there. <laughs> so what's the road ahead for you? I mean, you just moved here from Juno back. Mm-hmm. I've just been hanging out at home, living with yeah. the parents. Yeah, I do too. It's the easiest way to save money. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, not entirely. I've been doing a bunch of labor with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not labor. I'm working with him. Yeah. You're also so learning fun. too. Learning too. Yep. We've been. Putting... I call it trade offs. Like you have to do something to put in your your effort that for living there for free. For sure. I mean that's what I do. Yeah. I don't mind going out of my way to help because I don't pay anything. Like anyway. you age uh-huh. meat for your parents. Yeah. Or I'm I, sure they love or that. Or I cook. <laughs> you know, I cook every night for them. Or I do some like gardening or right. whatever. Uh-huh. You know. Um, for me, it's been siding. Oh, been okay. Putting siding on our house, which yeah. has actually been cool. Actually, cause... I think I know where you live, and I drove by your house. I up go in, up to Carlin by Canyon. Yeah. yeah. We, we see everybody that drives yeah, up there. To you fuckers driving up there at night just revving your engine up the let them know thing. like speak louder get out of here like, <laughs> you know and people oh man you nick's just not, trying to watch some avatar guys would, leave him alone yeah <laughs> you would not believe the things we see up there there's like you know joint tubes oh, needles, yeah, condoms needles. Yeah. like all the various activities i swear my mom's found a needle up there she oh absolutely did, like, yeah which is sad you know Very we sad. had the cops up there the other night mm-hmm. but anyways yeah just moved here from Juno, move hanging back, out, hanging out at the parents up at good old Carlisle. There's no shame in that game, but yep. at all, you might see us out a few it's weekends. A good, you might not, but it's a good if foundation you do, say what's up. to leap off and do something else. Like you can stay at your parents' house, you can you can save money, mm-hmm. um, and then you can do you know. And my parents if, uh, are very supportive of that. They know I want to do stuff in life and not just sit at their house, right? So I'm actively doing stuff, so they don't mind that I live there. Yeah, and I think I'll be that the same way with my kids. Is I'm not going to be hard ass and like you know break their plate and right. throw their fork out the door when they turn 18. Yeah. It's like, you go make yourself, you know, something of yourself. I, I'm just not that way. I think I do the same approach that my parents have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just accepting. Yeah. Like, I mean, how would you yeah. feel if your parent kicked you out? But I know a lot we've of been people... Pretty, we've been pretty lucky, too. You know, but I know a lot of people that have been kicked out of the house at 18 and said, see you later, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel or like worse. if, they come, out, if yeah. they come out of that, they're very strong-willed people. Yeah. Like without a doubt, mm-hmm. and that I feel like that's. Yeah, I'm lucky to have my parents. That's yeah, for sure. mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just gotta learn. You gotta learn life the hard way. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's. Just... And when you get older, you'll you'll take care of your parents just like you. They have taken care of you, so it all comes back around. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, that's definitely that's huge in the Filipino culture. Yeah, dude, my grandma built. Yeah, this... you guys are very small. Yeah, or very familiar, very tight knit kind. Tight. Of oh yeah, like so, I yeah. all my old clothes go to my aunt. Like, I, I go home to the Philippines. My aunts and my uncles and my cousins and my, you know, everybody, my grandpa. Actually, they my grandpa passed away, but, uh-huh. you know, all of them are just, like, wearing my old clothes. You know, I had this old Nike jacket or something. Yeah, They're wearing it over there. <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. You think like, that Filipinos that immigrate to the U.S. lose that, or do they still hold on to those kind no of values way, and No way, no way. No way. You I mean, you guys know me. Like, as a, as a friend, mm-hmm. my family would take you guys in as open yeah. arms without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, yeah, just, that's how it is. So I mean. They'll never lose that, you don't right. think? No, never. No. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of like a battle with myself is like, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of, what kind of person do I want to be? And it's like, no, you are what you are. Yeah. Like, the Filipino culture is so caring. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I care about anybody and everybody. I don't care if you did me wrong. I don't care if you've yeah. done other people wrong. Like if I think that you're a good person, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the respect that you deserve just as much as I would also hope that you would give me the respect that I deserve. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that gets lost in translation, but mm-hmm. I mean, Phil, the Filipino culture is just. I mean, Ketchikan knows that you. Yeah. They love you, and they and you love them. It's pretty amazing. Like when I go other places, that you know, like we have really good Filipino food here, and I never really see it any other places that I no. go. Um, no, and we have such good Filipino food. Yep. I don't think I'd want to eat it anywhere else. It's like having Mexican food in like Texas or right. Arizona. Yeah. Well, it's also or just California like having salmon somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Or halibut. Right. It's like, okay, so uh-huh. when I was in when I was in school, I, I I interned for this like fancy schmancy restaurant. Like you have to make a reservation to eat here. Yeah. So I you know watched over the whole entire kitchen operation, the whole entire management operation. You know what they did? You know what they did down there? They said. And I'm air quoting right now for you guys, for you listeners at home. They said, farm to table coho salmon. <laughs> you know where that coho came from? Came from Norway or It something? came from Alaska. Essentially, it started in Alaska and it made its way through Seattle. Then they're like, nah, we'll pass it down to Oregon. Oregon starts in Portland. Nah, we'll pass it down to Medford. Yeah. Medford is 20 minutes away from where I was at. Dude, they're like, farm to table coho salmon. You know how much they sold a, a little brick that's about. Three inches by three inches wide. Twenty bucks. Thirty. Thirty dollars. Thirty two. Thirty two ninety nine. You know what you got with that? You got side of greens and some mashed potatoes. You got two cauliflower. Diarrhea. Two cauliflower. (laughs) Two cauliflower. Two pieces of carrots. Mm -hmm. Small carrots. And then you also got starch. A little bit of mashed potatoes with no gravy. No gravy. Come on. (laughs) No gravy. I'm telling you, they charge that whole entire dish for. I mean, they were, they were, I don't know what they were paying for the coho, but I, they, they told me, they're like, oh, this is the special tonight. It's a, it's a favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what is it? They're like, oh, it's, it's farm to table coho salmon. I'm like, let me see. Like, show, show me, show it to me. I find you know what he showed me? In the freezer. That is not fresh. <laughs> that is definitely not fresh. I have caught many coho salmon mm-hmm. in my entire life. Never was that thing freezer burnt. And they sold that thing for 36 bucks. For a plate, yeah, thirty-two bucks for the fish. Everything else was, mm-hmm. you know, essentially two bucks. Mm-hmm. Just goes back to supporting local wild, local fishermen. Yeah. you know, wild salmon. Absolutely. See, I'm not a huge fisherman, so I don't usually go out and get my stuff. But I usually buy it. Yeah, from, you were just fishing tonight. Well, yeah, lake fishing. Yeah, but yeah. on the ocean fishing, I have right. really no patience for it. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> but I'll go to places in town mm-hmm. that sell nice, good, fresh seafood, and I know where it's come from. And so I don't mind. I know it's not like, oh, I caught this fish and I cook it, but it's pretty close to fresh. You know? Right. Um, yeah. It was caught within that week or two and frozen, oh, yeah. and then you get it. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's yeah. one of the biggest perks that you have from being from Alaska. Okay, I'll tell you this. Saved me thousands of dollars on the food grub bill mm-hmm. working on the Crusader because we would catch a, we would catch king salmon about 930 you know, in one of the morning sets, we'd catch a king salmon. And my cook would just flay that up. That's lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And then we'd catch another one in the afternoon. That's dinner. So that's essentially not any, no money out of your food bill because you're mm-hmm. you're eating fish. Basically, you're paying for, you know, whatever sides you have or rice. Because, you know, my captain had an account. And it's like, yeah. tick, ticky for tack. Like, I'm going to charge you for this, this, and that. Dude, I saved t- 
thousands of dollars just by eating fresh salmon that we would catch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people down south, they don't have that. They don't have that uh, luxury. It's definitely a luxury. You know, like that's for us. That's one of the most things. That's right. something I'm grateful for is subsistence fishing yeah. and hunting. Absolutely. Too, right. Sure. I mean, like, like, shit. You know, like even if you had your own little lun skiff and a, and a net, you could go out and, yeah. you know, just beach sane for, you know, mm-hmm. 10 let's say you get 10 sockeye that's a lot of sockeye I mean, exactly lot of you get 10 sockeye that you can fillet up and you yeah, can fuck. do whatever you want smoke it like or just freeze it you you'll you'll have meat for Months. the summer yeah. and that's the same thing with which i haven't gone out to do is uh is hunting mm-hmm. haven't shot a deer yet oh yeah you should that's i know fun. i need to venison's so good nick really nick good. wick said he's gonna take me <laughs> and i yeah and i'm saying this we, on the podcast yeah, because because i'm that. i'm solidifying it he's taking me yeah for sure i'm gonna shoot my first it's deer so, with him it's so awesome and beautiful like harvesting your own animal it's like much like fishing primitive too it is and it, you feel very connected to the animal like when you Definitely. go to the grocery store and you buy pork chicken or beef you don't I mean, you maybe know where it came from, probably from the West Coast somewhere, but Hopefully. when you physically kill the deer and you gut it and you butcher it and you eat it, it's it's Crossing, just, yeah. I think that's the connection that we've lost with right. getting back to nature. You know, I don't want to be some like hippy-dippy, but. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, and that's, talking, a, that's a the thing is like, forget that, where their your exact statement from. right there is like, I don't want to be hippy-dippy. It's like, no, mm. be you, Otis, like mm. be you. Like, hey, I respect that if you want to, if you want to kill and eat what you kill, I'm here for it. There's a lot of people who are going to have differing opinions, but mm-hmm. that's okay. They have mm-hmm. differing opinions just mm-hmm. as much as we do. Yeah, and I think we have way better access, obviously. If you live in a right. big urban city, you can't go hunt deer or moose or elk mm-hmm. or whatever. You have to f- travel outside of the city to do it. Right. We're so fortunate here that we can you know, take a little skiff 30 minutes. Right. So Even here in Ketchikan, too, because we're, you know, we're, yeah. we're our own island. Yeah. You know, you go up to Juneau, it's connected the to the mainland. Mm-hmm. My uh, my homie Austin Rake just came down. You know Austin Rake, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He just came down and he brought me a bunch of venison and moose meat. And I'm like, oh, moose is so good, dude. Is it? Because I've never cooked it's it before. Really I've never cooked mm-hmm. it before. But I have. I've got a bunch of my freezers. So tell me how to cook it. Well, we'll I just bought a new like, grill. We'll, we'll grill it, it up. Cook so it like beef. Yeah, you can just cook it like beef. Do really? lots of pot roasts. Mm-hmm. Um, what about can, like burgers? Yeah, you can. You can grind it up, do burgers. And when I was living in Anchorage, I always trade seafood because they don't have that great of seafood up there. Uh huh. Um, not real Wait, fresh. Really? You in know, Anchorage? Yeah, I mean they have like king crab and stuff, but they don't have like halibut and the access right. to salmon that we do. Yeah, that's right. Um. Anyways, I would trade it for moose, and it was actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. What's just straight across the board? So awesome. for, the, for you listeners out there, you might, you may or may not know, but Otis has. A plethora of recipes. What's your moose recipe? What's your go-to? I just did it like a pot roast, exactly like a pot roast. So you do you Eight buy hours. those like pre-cut baby carrots? No, you can buy just regular carrots. Okay. Just and chop them up. Put some potatoes in there, a little celery maybe, different kinds of spices and like beef broth. It oh works. really? Mm. Moose is really great. I mean, even venison. You can do venison. Um, uh, beef like roast. roast. Yeah. yeah, in a crock mm-hmm. pot for eight hours. I just saw this Facebook video of some guy. He had just literally just skinned this deer, took the mm-hmm. whole hind leg off of it, and he seared it, seared both sides for three minutes, and then he just chopped up like some whole onions and fours, like quarter onions, just yeah. seared it on his pan, put a bunch of different spices in there, put some potatoes in there, put some homemade broth in there, and then mm-hmm. he threw the whole the whole leg of basically the, like the back one of the back legs of the deer, <laughs> mm-hmm. just threw it on there, seared already on both sides. Just threw it in there with all, with all the broth and everything, and just made a 
big old pot roast. And, you know, honestly, pot roast is so good. Yeah. Because, one, I feel like for myself, I can eat pot roast for days. Yeah. Like, I continue oh, yeah, eating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sustains you for a long time. Right. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you cook it, if you cook that piece of meat long enough, mm-hmm. you can get that all shredded up and it mixes in with the vegetables you put in there. And it's, it's going to be good no matter what. But it's also going to give you a lot of leftovers. Yeah. You know. Do, do you, the, the recipes that you learned in working for your grandma, are you, are those ingrained in your mind? Like all the places that I've worked at that had food, like are ingrained in my mind and I, I'll always remember them. So I'll tell you this. So I know it's more of a family cultural thing for you uh because of food, but. So for me, it's, uh, okay, so we'll talk about the cultural. So for cultural, it's like Mm -hmm. you have your essential ingredients. You have your garlic, your onion, your pepper, right? Mm -hmm. That's the foundation. That's the foundation, Mm -hmm. you know. And you also have, oh, to add on to that, you got soy sauce and vinegar. This is a Filipino giving you guys Filipino insight. So take (laughs) notes right now. But, you know, you get your five, you get your baseline basically. Whatever else you add to it is going to be a plus. So, you know, I made the other night, I made some, uh, I had some flank steak and I made a really good Mongolian beef. But I, ba- I used my essentials. I used my garlic, mm-hmm. I used my salt, I used my pepper, I used my vinegar and my soy sauce. Everything on top of that that I added to that, it makes it taste really good. Like, yeah. let's say I, you know, I added a, like a little bit of like, uh, like some uh, Italian seasoning on yeah, top, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Or like some, I don't know if you guys have been Trader Joe's. They got that everything bagel seasoning. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And like they're like chili lime seasoning. You just put a little bit of that. Basically, what I do is I get my basics, and then I add on whatever and anything that I think is gonna sound good. Mm-hmm. Because when you're cooking, honestly, like <laughs> for me, you cannot go wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong if you got a good slab of meat and you got good some good vegetables on the side and you got the good starch. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter whatever it is, I'll think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think that the the biggest difference between cooks is what they do differently, you know. So mm-hmm. let's say I marinate mine for three hours, but Otis marinates his for three days. Yeah, that's a huge, huge difference, difference. Yeah. and people don't people don't realize that yeah. cooking is. Otis is on a different level. He goes three months. <laughs> yeah, so I made but that. I still want some of that. No, I ate, I ate it all. It's you gone. did you. Hey, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. He said, "I will give you some, no problem." That's so let easy. me let me tell he ate this, it all. Let me tell you the story. So I made it right. It's called fenlar. It's a Norwegian like cultured meat. It's like the same thing. You would have salami, prosciutto. Right. It's the same thing, okay. but with but venison. Better. But with venison, right? But better. You 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 put your salt on there for two weeks. You let it sit in salt to get all the moisture out. A lot of it. That's um, what cooks it C- cooks well, it basically it's right. like pickling uh-huh. yeah, you you and then the the second stage of cooking quote unquote is fermentation so you just hang it in the air and the air just kind of breezes across the meat mm-hmm. um the thing was is that um it's not a very mm-hmm. well-known food so i was kind of going off yeah, of I'd little never, bits here and there right yeah. and um i had it all pieced it all together and it turned out really well, but it was too salty because I didn't know there was no recipes out there like, you know, put five cups of salt on it. Hmm. So I had to kind of like eyeball it and kind of go off of what I thought looked good on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so next time it turned out way too salty. The consistency was really good. And the uh, the flavor profile was good. It's just you have too more? salty. No, I ate it all. Oh, you ate it but all. Th- like, so it. so okay. I made <laughs> so I made the the front leg yeah the front leg smaller than back legs on deer of a um, black tail or something black tail deer yeah nice, i had my cool. dad just chop off the leg and gave it to me Sweet. i skinned it got a lot of the fat off 
And then, um, so this next winter, he harvests this deer in fall, in November during the rut, during when they're having, okay. when they're mating. Uh-huh. Um, so Kinda I'll get gamey. the back leg. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll get the back leg. So it's, it's warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's where lots of weight is. But I learned sure. a lot of my, f- I mean, I'm like you, I learned a lot right. of my cooking from family. And I don't know if you're a big cook or you like cooking. I was going to say, I'm I want to know between, for real. Are you, on a scale of 110, rate yourself, Nick Wick? <sighs> Five. Five? Okay. That's, because hey, that's I'll, average. I'll you you what, got room to grow. You got room to between grow. Between what Isaiah was saying and what you were just saying, yeah. like, well, not so much you, but you were saying all the, you, you had all these ingredients, which right. makes it taste excellent. Right. For whatever reason, I'm so simple. Like, mm. whatever, Salt usually whatever I make will be like 10 food items or less. Mm. <laughs> like, just, like, right. sustenance, sustenance. Enough you know, for, like, okay, to meat, feed the family. Bread, veggies. Veggies, that's yeah. It. Like, but that's okay. I, I mean, like I'll add salt, pepper, garlic salt. Yeah. I just I love but food so much. Simple. I just I don't. I mean, you I don't. But the more you cook, the yeah. more you you find what spices work with what and what you do like and don't like. And like even I, you know, I cook a lot of different stuff. But I like certain things that I cook multiple times. You know, mm-hmm. that that tickle my fancy. Things that taste <laughs> yeah. good too. Yeah. That you really that you really like to eat. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I also like. I, I feel like once you get beyond of just cooking the same meals over and over again you branch out to new things that you want to try like how many how many different ways can you make tacos yeah millions honestly to me taco is a burrito yes is a is a a, taco salad taco burrito nachos yeah it's essentially the same thing and that's the same same and that's the you know People are like, I love lumpia so much. Yeah. I love but chicken adobo. Your entire life, and I have <laughs> literally, and I feel like you know, for myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of strong. You know, I do, <laughs> I do well for myself. That shit came from sweet sour ribs and chicken adobo. Say <laughs> that right now. Yeah, and you can't go wrong. You know, but I also think that it's like a cultural thing. You know, yeah. if you're Italian, you don't want to eat pizza. I mean, they eat a lot of pizza, but you don't want to eat it every day. Exactly, and yeah. Italians versus Filipinos. Who wants more soy sauce? Yeah, <laughs> Filipinos. It's, it, it's a given. You know, and that's just how it is. But I think that's essentially, you know, just to touch back on before we close up is, you know, 2020 and everything's changing, changing, and everything. You got to remember that the U.S. is just a big old melting pot. It is. You know, essentially, we took this land from the native americans Mm -hmm. respect the hell out of them because they are true to this land Mm -hmm. but at the same time we're a big melting pot we for for whatever reason everybody thinks that one one thing is better than the other thing it's like no Mm we we were all we were all new and foreign to this land exactly yeah and i think that's what makes us strong though is exactly the diversity that we have you know we're probably the most one of the most diverse countries in the world still definitely still number one number one immigrated Right. Um, mm-hmm. Than a lot of other countries. And so many people touch on the fact that it's like, oh, you know, well, for an example, China has China that. China has higher SAT scores than us. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but do they have the same amount of experience that we get when we go out and have a good time with our friends? Exactly. No, yeah. they don't. That has to mean something. I think that definitely came out during COVID as we all got back to ourselves. To ourselves, like our yeah. our nature and yeah. connecting with family mm-hmm. and neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I think it was definitely a reality check. So if 2020 was a... The theme that I was going for was definitely like right. it's a reality check, bringing us back to our roots. Oh yeah, and definitely. restarting over again, and maybe and that's why I wanted to restart the podcast. Exactly, oh, yes. we're here. Hell yeah, Otis. 
In Isaiah Navals, we're going to do this. Well, here's a wild first episode. For yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we got Nick Wick on the yes, uh, first please. the first episode of 2020. Thanks, Nick Wicker. Oh, for sure. We yeah, appreciate having you thank, on. It's thanks, always good to have thanks for having anybody me. <laughs> on. Otis and I, we just kind of... We just kind of we're gonna BS. start throwing stuff at the dartboard and see what exactly sticks. that's mm-hmm. exactly we just kind of BS with each other. So if you're interested, you got any questions, comments, concerns, give us a call or tweet at us. You know where to find us. We're here. All right, guys. All right, thank you, guys. We'll, we'll see just, you next time. Well, shit, we could keep recording because you can edit all this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, There's definitely some things we should probably take out, like a lot of the cuss words, like yeah. fuck, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry yeah. about that i usually no 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 so like the parameters <laughs> i usually uh 